Are you enjoying Bourbon Podcast? Be sure to leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And by the way, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. The gang is all here. We've got Kyle and Joe. I'm Ben. Man, what a busy week it's been for bourbon. It has. It's been crazy. Just so saying something. We've got uh, today's guest is CEO and co-founder of Drifter Spirits and co-founder of Rare Character Whiskey, Peter Nevenglosky. You know, I picked up a bottle of Rare Character when I was in Vegas. This is the only story I'm allowed to tell about Vegas, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, loved it. And so he's on today. We're going to chat with him a little bit about how they got started, what their plans are for the future. Let's talk a little bit about news. I, I saw this come out the other day. Man, Michael Palladini, if you're listening. You spit your water out, didn't you? <laughs> started congratulations. MGP Ingredients announced that its Luxco subsidiary reached an agreement with to acquire Penelope Bourbon. Founded in 2018, Penelope Bourbon is a family and founder-owned and operated American whiskey company with a diverse portfolio. They're like everywhere. Include uh, high-quality whiskeys in the premium plus price tiers. You can tell I downloaded this. I downloaded this from the. Uh, That's a press release from the deal from MGP yeah. for their stock <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for their stock portfolio. The acquisition includes all intellectual property and inventory bottled product, 105 million dollars. Congrats! Wow! Wow! Uh, Penelope Bourbon is sold in over 30 states and four countries. And uh, Michael Palladini, come back on, buddy. We got to talk about this. Plus, we need a loan. Joe? Yeah. I mean, they're just basically buying their own stock, right? Because it's all it's MGP. MGP buys Luxro or merges with them, right? And then now, I mean, it seems like they're creeping out and buying the people that are sourcing from them. I know they're doing creative things. Yeah, I mean, they're buying the brand. And that's what's crazy. They're buying the brand. They're buying the brand. And they're getting deeper penetration of like their own stuff, to your point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wild. It is wild. Because, you know, go for those of you that haven't heard the podcast, please pull it up and you'll see just... uh, it was an idea. It was an idea of a couple of, you know, Jersey Shore guys who said, hey... Why don't we just try to do this? Yeah, named it after his daughter, right? Yeah, it's yep. incredible. I mean, it was it was it was a very cool story. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, pull it up. That is interesting. And we're gonna get Michael back on here. What mm-hmm. I mean, what is he gonna be like in the French Riviera? We're never gonna get him back. Are he's, we? he's probably bought an island already. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> good. Guys, I, my service isn't that good. I don't know. Listen, we can travel with this podcast, Michael. We'll come to you, buddy. <laughs> you don't have to come to well, us. You have to pay for us to come. But <laughs> you know, there was so much this week in the news. I. Um, I had to pare it down, so I just pared it down to stuff that interested me. Sorry for the listeners, but uh, Blood Oath Pack 9, Lux Row, Master Distiller, Master Blender. John Rempe renews his annual pact with bourbon drinkers and released Blood Oath Pack 9. I think it's out now, isn't it, Joe? Yep. It's out. It's, I, it I don't think out. it's hit the state here yet, but I've, I've seen it on the secondary. A limited supply of 17,000 cases will arrive at retail. Um, it's supposed to come out in April. I have not seen it yet, although I have seen some posts about it. MSRP one twenty nine ninety nine. Blood Oath Pack Nine is offered at ninety eight point six proof. Combined, some of the finest extra aged bourbons Rempe could find, including a sixteen year old rye, a twelve year rye, and a seven year rye bourbon finished in Oloroso. Oloroso. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Sherry Cass uh, from the Sherry Triangle region in southwest Spain. Uh, these casks impart unique woody and ripe fruit aromas and flavors to make Blood Oath Pack Nine a memorable pour. I bet that's going to be good. I think so. I, I, I'm, I haven't been very attracted to many of their other releases just because of the, the, you know, what they were, how they were finishing them, what they were blending. But, you know, these are some really good, you know, aged whiskeys. Yeah, finishing sherry, um, I like. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, I haven't tried them all. I have, I think I've tried six, seven, and eight. I haven't tried the early ones. I have them, but they're my vertical, and I can't go out and find new ones. I'm right. too expensive. But the, uh, I will try Pack Nine when it comes out. I think we'll probably get some here in West Virginia. Yeah, I'm interested in that one. Orphan Barrel. This is another one of the verticals I've been working <laughs> on. Joe, you've got this vertical too, don't you? I've got that bottle. Oh, get, the Scarlet. Get the. <laughs> It of came course in, he it, does. It came, it came in this week. I just couldn't resist. Joe. To, what does it tell me about it? I don't know about it. All right. It. All right. Here we go. Sorry. I got I'm, yeah. my jealousy. The, the rest over. of us want to hear it. Orphan Barrel Whiskey Company announced the brand's first rye offering, Scarlet Shade, 14-year-old, distilled in Indiana, aged to perfection in Kentucky and bottled in Tennessee for Scarlet Shade's master blender, Samantha Johnson. Blending the rare 14-year-old rye whiskey stock was the perfect opportunity to share the brand's first rye offering with the world. With a story almost as daring as liquid itself, Scarlet Shade crossed state lines from Indiana into Kentucky to age in new barrels of white oak for 14 years, ruminating in its forebears' pre-prohibition glory days. Now, as rye whiskey undergoes a great resurgence, Scarlet Shade rises aglow, ready to make history, receiving a gold medal in this year's San Francisco Wine and Whiskey Competition. Wait, this is is this MGP that they purchased 14 years ago and put in New Oak? It, it's been in Kentucky for a long time. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm interested in trying it. Like I've, I've, you know, the reviews I've seen are the, they to me, they, they point right back to, are you an orphan barrel hater, you know, a Diageo hater, or are you someone who's really curious about, like, old whiskeys with good story? And this, this one... Um, I've seen people's comments being either, you know, it's really good or uh, this is not worth the, the value, but I think it's going to settle in around $300. Yeah. MSRP of 199, I think on secondary, it's going to be between three and four. That's what most of those 14 are. 14 year old. God, 14 years. Doesn't, yeah. Doesn't strike me as I'd crazy. Be really, yeah. Nine, 90 proof. Do you and think you'll pay more or less than Joe paid? I'm going to pay the exact same amount because I know where Joe got it. And, and I'm going there in the morning. <laughs> you think right, you I'm getting one. one. Oh, I didn't get it here. Why did it get it in town? No, I assumed you got it here. Where oh, did, no. Where no. did you get it? Um, I got it on the secondary market. I paid 300 bucks for it. Did you? 285 Yep. S- shipped. I mean, the thing here is like, uh, there are just states that get it and they're not paying taxes. You know, like uh, you don't have to pay tax for alcohol in some of those states. And that, that's where it really can, can kick those prices up. But there are certain, certain states where it's really low or no alcohol you know, tax and it came out of one of those. No. And th- so there were a few States that's got it. We haven't received it yet. Well, Interesting. I'll probably wait. I'm not, I probably won't yeah. go and get it second. I'm going to see if I can get it MSRP. And if I don't, I'm getting the secondary because I have to have it for the vertical. Anyway, the Weller family have, has grown. I have to, I have to, I must. It's a need, not a want. The Weller family is getting another member. The new line. Have you guys heard about this? The new mm-hmm. line of bourbon will be named Daniel Weller and will feature Emmer wheat, an ancient grain that is rarely used in today's whiskey. It's more commonly found in beer. 
And if you're trying to follow the family tree here, Daniel Weller is the grandfather of William LaRue Weller, and he fought in the Revolutionary War and later became a farmer and a distiller. There's not much been released about this. Well, when, when did they, they sent start their, distilling this? Well, you know what? I don't know that either. But yeah. the, the label was approved, and that's how we even know oh, yeah. about it. TTB, baby. Yep, TTB. Nine, uh, it's 94 proof, aged at least four years. That's really all I have about it. I mean, there have been some articles about this grain, this uh, emmer. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Emmer wheat. Um, apparently, it's going to have a, a very unique flavor. Where is that going to fall in like the kind of pricing? And if it's four year, four four year, there's Good. no there's no MSRP. It's low, yet. fairly low proof. Yeah, I mean, young. you look at the CYPB, and I, I mean, uh, I wonder how they're going. How much of this will be available? Right, that'll probably dictate the price. It, on. Yeah. You know, when it first comes out, it's going to be insane. The secondary market is going to be nuts. I bet you seven hundred to a thousand right off the bat. Mm. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I'm curious because it's going to be young and it's low proof and mm-hmm. it's, an, uh, you know. It says aged at least four years. And I don't know. When when we get more info, let's see when they release, they do the press release on it. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year. Yeah, it could be 12 months from now. Yeah. But what does that mean toward the weeded mash bill, right? Because it's a, that's so, cons- that's the consistent, right, group, uh, mash bill that's used. Well, for yeah, and, and all how, all the wellers, and now they're coming with the Daniel Weller. Is it just the? It's just a different wheat, maybe. I, I guess I'm confused. But this is a problem with the TTB, and, and distillers will complain about this. Yeah. The labels come out like they don't. We've had people talk about it. Like they don't even know what their plans are. They just have like the idea, <laughs> and then people like us start asking questions. And like uh, we just thought this up. Yeah, basically. Th- it was funny because, and I think I mentioned this in another episode where Aaron Chetnick, one of his the smoke wagon labels came out, and people were quizzing him online so we're not really sure well, no, we Dick, just, dixon basically said the same thing dixon yeah, yeah. he also said it yeah. yeah yeah well we shall see we'll uh see if we can pick up a bottle we'll review it if it uh if it hits us but we uh not really sure yet we'll have more info later thanks for tuning in peter nevoglowski up next our next guest ceo co-founder of drifter spirits co-founder of rare character whiskey now this is the second interview in a row i'm the dumbest guy in the room right MBA from NYU, uh, BA from George Washington University. We had uh, Alice Peterson on. She had an MBA from Harvard. So, you know, I don't know what's going on here. We're getting like the really smart people. (laughs) Hey, we've got Peter Nevoglowski. Thanks for coming on, Peter. Great to be here. Great to be here. Usually nobody cares about my degrees. So Uh, this is the first time we're talking about it in the whiskey sphere, I think. It's it's interesting to me because I was going to ask you, I mean, when you were at uh, NYU, were you writing papers about whiskey and tequila? What were what, what were you thinking back when you were uh, at NYU? I, I wasn't. I wasn't. But I was. Uh, I did go into brand management. So I worked for Dan and Yogurt and Red Bull post uh, post MBA. And uh, so I always led products, had an interest in marketing and innovation. And so that certainly was, was instructive to how to think about bringing something like this to life. Well, so let me tell you the story, Peter. I was in Las Vegas. I was bourbon hunting. We were, I was getting Uber back and forth to all these different places. And I went to liquor lineup and found a bottle of rare character whiskey. Uh, This is single barrel series. We're sitting there drinking it now. 117.74 proof, five years, seven months. The, the, the folks at liquor lineup were so nice. I mean, they were really cool. They let us sample. I think I sampled you know, three or four different ones. <laughs> and when I say sample, I mean, drink the whole bottle. Yeah. And so we, I brought some back with him, man. It was, it was really good. So I started looking you guys up and, um, 
was hoping to get you on the uh, on the podcast. So I appreciate you coming on. Tell us how did you how did this start? Yeah, uh, good question. Uh, and and shout out to Sal from Liquor Lineup. Those guys are great. We got we got some great stores here uh, in Las Vegas. I'm uh, I'm in the area, so it's been really cool to work with some of those guys. But uh, but yeah, so this started Pablo, my partner Pablo Moy and I. Um, have known each other a long time. So you you mentioned Drifter Spirits. I actually started in the spirit space by launching a cachaça brand, Brazilian sugarcane spirit, uh, in 2013. And so I was living in New York, became passionate about that category. It's 500 years old. It's got a really unique history, relatively undiscovered here. And partnered with a third generation producer down there, woman distiller, makes amazing stuff, created a brand. It's called Avla, A-V-U-A, and uh, started building up. Uh, funny enough, well, not, not funny and random, but I guess funny enough is we launched two SKUs and we started a Prata, which is an unaged, and an Ambarana aged, um, which has uh, become a large part of what we're getting involved in, a rare character. And so um, basically was a traveling salesman for years doing that, you know, sleeping on couches, lugging around bags, pouring booze for anybody who would, who would, who would taste it. <laughs> and, uh, and Pablo has some amazing restaurants that he's built in L.A. Scopa, Dama, Old Lightning is his, uh, you know, curated vintage booze and cocktail bar. Um, and so I got to know him, uh, because he's just, you know, as I was launching into the market in LA, uh, he's one of the, one of the people you see, uh, if you can. Right. And so, um, I was able to win him over to the category of cachaça, which he was previously not a fan, um, because there's some pretty rough stuff out there and, uh, then just became friends. Right. So he's from Queens. He's a Colombian guy from Queens. I'm from New Jersey. Um, we're both spending a lot of time out west. Uh, you know, some people get the vibe, some don't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we just clicked and we both had a shared passion for spirits. And fast forward to spring 2020, obviously there was some things happening in the universe. Mm -hmm. um, I had a two brands then at that time, I have an Aquabeat as well, that were, you know, 90% bars, restaurants, hotels. Um, so my business came to a standstill. He had restaurants, you know, same idea. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but we were just in the middle of the, like calling everybody up and like people were doing interesting things. What are you doing? How are you thinking about this? Right? Like, what do we do? And he had been, uh, running some barrels through Scopa because of the law change and we had lines out the door and we both kind of came together on the shared passion of independent bottling um, and, you know, American whiskey and, and the depth and range of American whiskey and said, hey, why couldn't we do what Duncan Taylor does or Gordon McPhail or, or these kind of people between his relationships and knowing and having deep relationships in Kentucky, et cetera, and my experience in terms of building products maybe something can come together. So that was really the start of this thing. Um, and it happened pretty fast and then it's accelerated pretty fast for sure. So it's, it's the middle of COVID and you decide you're going to start a new business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess the, uh, it's basically, uh, it, I mean, 
like we were we basically didn't exist i mean it was it was like borderline that business wasn't going to survive um and it was kind of fight or flight right mm -hmm. like we're i'm either in it and i'm all in and then i'm using all this magical time that i have on my hands now to like really figure out what's next and how to make it meaningful or i'm gonna go get a day job again you know um so that was kind of the thing and then it was i think i think we really work well together you know his his deep understanding of, of the whiskey category you know my way of thinking about a brand constructing and and communication and all that just i don't know it just kind of clicked and so yeah it was it was very much i don't think it would have happened without the pandemic obviously there's a lot of bad things about that experience but uh definitely brought this thing together so did you peter did you start with the kind of bespoke um, single barrel concept is that where this all started and then it's yeah, grown no, from there no. yeah so so it probably is like the fifth version of this okay what what we what we originally intended was independent bottling dsp on the label um you know really finding those unique barrels that maybe don't fit into somebody's blend or what have you and working through pablo's relationships at, at some of these amazing legacy producers and, and we had a lot of excitement from master distillers and the like and then we ended up months down the road and just kind of like stuck in legal compliance hell let's say mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so it, we just kind of kept getting to a certain point and then stalled out and so what we said is like hey there's there's still we still really want to do this we're getting access to amazing whiskey where do we take it from here and, and the inspiration behind this was kind of uh, you know, it is some of those things like Samaroli uh, and some of these amazing packages and great juice, but also the customization that you saw in kind of the, the 90s into the early 2000s where you had like the blue smoke Pappy, you know, you had Blanton's doing custom labeling for retailers in Japan and things like this that, I mean, frankly, they did it because people didn't want to buy it then <laughs> they had to um they had to but yeah. but we we found it to be really cool and so that's where we kind of got into this custom single barrel series and it, it seemed to seems to really resonate with people it's it's codifying something that's happening already but doing it in a really integrated way um but there's always been a vision for going beyond um you know we, we just launched fortuna which is a heritage brand revival we're doing what we call the exceptional series and there's certainly more to come. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really the first idea at all. Um, it was more of a, I guess, same thing, like just keep plugging away until you find, you know, the pocket and, and then, uh, work hard at it. Well, it seems like I'm seeing rare character kind of everywhere, but how many States are you in now? Yeah, not, not that many. Um, I get it's kind of there's a couple that are like we're sort of have made a couple things available, mm -hmm. but I'd say solidly eight. I've seen it in in you so you're in Kentucky, obviously in Nevada. That's where I first saw yes. it, and then but I've yep. seen also Fortuna. Where is it? Just in is it in eight states as well? Uh, yeah, Fortuna's in um, eight states as well. That's that's really the footprint. Are mm -hmm. um, you know we're rolling out a few more this year um and really we we want to we want to of course open up new markets and we've got a lot of people asking which is amazing but it's also about having enough of the right juice and doing it right which we're very passionate about so you know we because of how choosy we are with the whiskey we're getting and the unique dynamics of getting whiskey in the market right now 
you know, we're, we're not just putting, we're not just churning things out, you know? So, you know, you see a lot of your single barrel series out there, you know, uh, just because we, we deal with a lot of those liquor stores that are purchasing those uh, and, and you get a nice yield off that barrel. Um, the Fortuna bourbon, you've, it's, uh, you know, six barrels of six year old yeah. whiskey, right? So that's that's going to equate to about you know it's like a classic eleven twelve hundred bottles, right? Uh, what's next for Fortuna? Do you, are you going to do a, a kind of a batch two? I mean, is that the idea here? Yeah. So uh, so for Fortuna, um, essentially, it's a brand that was started in the late eighteen hundreds by a guy named Phil Hollenbach, distilled by the Stitzel brothers. So he contracted with them kept them on, bought the distillery, kept them on, was a huge brand pre-prohibition, like 70% market share. Mm. Um, navigated prohibition, production moved to Glencoe, which is now owned by Heaven Hill and OEs for, for aging purposes. And then the brand was killed in 1971. So what we do with Fortuna is, as you mentioned, we do essentially micro batches of six barrels. It's targeted to that profile of the dusty Fortuna and Glencoe bottles that Pablo got his hands on. So he does the blend. It's all batched at 102 proof. And as you said, six year minimum age state of Kentucky, same source. Uh, So we've done, I think we've done seven or eight of those batches now. And so different states will have different batches. Oh, okay. Um, And then we have plans to do later this year it won't be a, it'll be probably one batch only of uh, barrel proof. Mm. So that'll be in the low 120s. Oh, great. Very oh, cool yeah. inverted label. So definitely something to be on the lookout for. Um, and, and certainly more, th- I mean, we love innovating. We love kind of playing around. So you never know with us <laughs> what's going to happen. Yeah. Talk about kind of the sourcing. I mean, obviously you guys have sourced the, you know, the bottle we're sipping on is sourced in Indiana and, you know, plenty of people, uh, source for MGP, but you guys have sourced, it sounds like several other places. So was that a concerted effort or was it, Hey, we've got access yeah. to certain barrels we think are fantastic and we're going to get the best barrels we can anywhere. How, how did you guys think about that? Yeah, I, it's, it's definitely more of the latter. Uh, you know, it was, it's more like when we find things we love and we're getting them at a price that we can charge reasonable prices for in the market we're happy to scoop it up. So we've done, you know, plenty of MGP. We've done a number of things from Kentucky, from various sources. We've done some Tennessee. And and honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we wouldn't source from even other places. Um, although, you know, what we tend to lean into is legacy produced, high quality, you know, minimum five year age stuff. Yeah. Right. So that kind of precludes a number of things from me from that, but um, but yeah, it's the, the ideas were just celebrating American whiskey. So, you know, we've done rise and then bourbons, we've done some really interesting finishes. We've now gotten into some native woods from my barrel producer in Brazil. So there's kind of a wide mandate. I think that's, what's really fun about rare character is if we get our hands on something and it's delicious and we think we could charge a fair price for it. Uh, and we have a home in kind of the the range of what we do, then we're we're into it. So what, I think a lot of people are very much like this. This is the one thing, or this is the two things we do, and that's what we do, and that's all we do. 
And that's going to be part of your native wood series, right? Where you're you're exploring the world for different types of wood. And this, I guess, the tradition of aging cassasha in the Brazilian sugarcane spirit. I'm I'm assuming that is kind of your inspiration there, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. So um, so as you said, with that, with the native series, we've leaned it to Brazil simply because of my you know, relationship with the barrel producer there and, and the uniqueness of, in particular, Ambarana, although other woods such as Jacara and Eucalypto and Balsamo. But we are also looking at some Ambarana from Colombia. We're looking at some Japanese woods. We're, we're certainly open-minded and just love playing around. Um, and then same token, on the finishing series side, we've, you know, we've got stuff that we love in Foursquare Barbados rum. We've got Madeira. We've done a, a, some different executions with Whiteport and kind of run the gamut. But all of it's done with the same ethos of like, it's whiskey first. We're not dominating it. It's very much in kind of the Scotch tradition of finishing um, as opposed to maybe something that's really overpowering. So you had, you whiskey. you have a customer, right? It's a, let's say it's a bar or a restaurant and they're interested. You all put number one a strong emphasis on customization. So how do you do that? How do you customize a selection that one barrel that's going to be perfect for your client? I wish it could be that like beautifully catered. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be a dream. I mean, we don't have the quantities of whiskey to do that. You know, we played around a lot with with um, some different, you know, we played around with showing a wide range of some people and letting them kind of choose their own adventure. The demand has gotten such that that's not really as possible as it was, so we've leaned into some of them. But what we generally do is really try and understand, like, if you're a bar or restaurant, if you're a retailer, if you have a whiskey club, like, are you looking for something straight ahead, delicious, kind of like what you guys are drinking right now, right? Are you looking for something a little more unique? Are you looking for something totally out there? Um, you know, and so that could put you in different places of what we do right now, you know? So what did Peter, I was in Vegas last month at the tail end of a Grand Canyon spring break with our kids and had at, <laughs> at the Cosmo went down I was like, look, you know, I'm looking at the whiskeys and nothing looked that exciting. And I asked the bartender, he's like, oh, this He's like, hands down, this rare character, rye. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll try it. I'm usually more of a bourbon guy than a rye guy. Had mm-hmm. it. It was fantastic. Do you know off the top of your head, where was that an Indiana rye? Was that a, I, I don't know. I didn't get to If see it was a straight rye, that was a Kentucky 95.5, yeah. um, which was distilled at Bar Sound Bourbon yeah, Company. Yeah, they're good. Um, yeah. yeah, and th- those are crazy. And that's a good example. We got a lot of those. They were very good when we got them. They went through a summer. And then they were insane. Uh, and we're pretty much at the end of the road of that. We may, I think we're holding a few back for exceptional. So it's kind of one of those, by the time everybody starts to realize how insane it is, we're already, they're already gone. Yeah, it, <laughs> you know it, was, I mean? it was fantastic. <laughs> I was kind of blown away, to tell you the truth. Well, you know, thank you. Uh, yeah, Peter, thank Peter you. you just answered, you just kind of solved a mystery for us because this morning <laughs> we received an email and you've got all these connections in Brazil. We were the number 36th ranked podcast on Apple in Brazil. I'm like, what is going on? We jumped. We were number 36. So I sent everybody a text. I was like, 
something's up in Brazil, man. Like yeah. they're really downloading the podcast. But I, <laughs> I think you just, I think you yeah. just solved the mystery for us. Well, I think this will be the slam dunk gets us in the top ten. It yes. was, yeah. I think it was the reference in the Penelope interview. They were experimenting with a Brazilian mm-hmm. barrel. Yeah. Uh, granted, they did right. not, they did not have your, your, your experience. You know. You you have firsthand experience with those barrels. They, they have more. I well, why don't we try this or try that? I think um, right. it's exciting to and you had the depth and and I think you you pursued. It sounds like you're pursuing it. Yeah. Well, we appreciate our friends in Brazil. Thank you for yeah. downloading yeah. and keep yeah. listening. I, know. I, I have some other barrels. I can't even sell yet. I'm still trying to convince the TTB to let me sell them. You know. Mm. Um. So we'll we'll see where we go, but I got some stuff that I haven't even put out yet. When you uh, that when I you secure when you secure the barrels and you bring them to your, I, it sounds like they go to your uh, Stanford, Kentucky facility to bottle. Is that right? Do, is there any aside? I mean, is there anything you're doing additional aging that would change the profile, or or is it really? You've hunted these things down, and so some of these single barrel series, it's really like, oh, these are great barrels. They're going to be here temporarily, and then they're going to go out the door. Well, with the finishing, you know, we'll do the finishing aspect. The the native wood stuff will be three to six months, depending on the potency of that wood delivery. Um, the finished, you know, any of the others, Oloroso, PX, or you know, you know, Tawny poured, what have you. That's that's typically a six month finish. But they're dry casts, so there's nothing added. There's no chips. There's no staves. It's just one barrel into another barrel, and it's really kind of Pablo, you know, figuring out Mashville combinations with finishing and and uh, what the timing is. You know, he's he's been in this for decades, and his palate is phenomenal, and he's really able to to kind of you know figure out what that right timeline is, and you know, and honestly. I think part of what we do that requires, you know, uh, some patience and, and honestly not making as much money as we probably could is, you know, we have to eat some barrels that aren't, um, they're not really single barrel worthy, you know? Mm. And so we don't really have a place for them. So it's just, you know, it's kind of where it is, or you have to hold on to things till they're right, you know, it's, yeah. and it takes some patience to hold something for another two years that in theory would have been ready. It just isn't delivering, you know? You talked about the kind of the limited release to Fortuna. What else do you guys have coming out? What else is going on? Any uh... man, a lot of things going on. Um, so I we didn't really talk much about it. I don't know if you guys have seen our exceptional series, um, but we just started rolling those out. So this is some of them are in the market already, um, and basically it's things that are eight years plus, really unique um, cast strength you know, only, um, Nashville agnostic. So we've done a few bourbons. Um, we've in particular got this lot of Kentucky straight malt whiskey, which is really crazy and unique. Um, so we've got some different vintages of that. So those are rolling out as, as picks and as well for, for some of our distributors, um, as barrels for the state. Uh, but there's some really beautiful things in there. It's really fun. It's a it's a different looking bottle. It's kind of a dark merchant rum style bottle, with artwork done by Pablo's wife. Hmm. Um, so those are kind of getting out into the world, and we're really excited about those. And you'll probably see some unique things coming out in that universe. Um, and then we're getting pretty close to a release uh, called Pride of Anderson County, 
which is in collaboration with David Jennings, who goes by the Rare Bird 101 handle. Um, oh, yeah. So he is a historian of wild turkey, super connected with them. Uh, and essentially, we're creating a brand in celebration of of that, um, which will be a pretty limited release of cast strength, Camp Nelson, bourbon and rye. I think we've got a handful of barrels on the docket, including what I what I understand to be the highest proof bourbon that will come out of wild turkey ever mm. in this crazy short barrel. So that's that's some stuff coming out. It is infinitely oversold i guess at this point already just based on the um the post of, of, of the ttb approval uh but we're really excited that's kind of exactly what we wanted to do at the beginning you know wild turkey on the back of the label all the details which rick house which floor where is it from specially selected in collaboration with um, so we're really excited about that i hope that will continue and grow it's, it's complicated working with a lot of parties there, uh, but we're really pumped about that. Uh, and then we got a couple other things up our sleeve um, because of course we do, um, you know, including we're cooking up another revival uh, concept and, and then something else for later this year. So Peter, I've got to ask you, and I asked this different ways, different guests. I'm going to ask you, this was a little differently. You guys have access to all the, I mean, all the whiskey everywhere. You can only save one bottle from a burning home, what bottle are you saving? <laughs> of my own stuff? You're, you pick. You tell us either your own stuff okay. or from your from I'll collection. I'll my own stuff because I hate to comment on anybody else's okay, thing. Okay, that's fine. Anyway. Um, and, I mean, look, you could probably cue it for me by saying burning home, but um, I don't know if you guys are aware. We put out a release called Obliteration. Yes, yeah. we're aware. Um, which is a, a was a 36 bottle release mm -hmm. of um it was a barrel that was in the fires in northern california and one of one of the only ones that had any whiskey in it so we got this thing it was this unique concept uh i don't know if we'll ever be able to do another one because it kind of only makes sense for this one damn thing and it's mm -hmm. and it's insane it's it's i mean it's hazmat you know 141 change proof uh, but it's but it's amazing. So I don't know if it's hit the way you cued it for me, but that feels like the one I got to save. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> that might be the one I'd save too. I don't know yeah. what the collection looks like. But. <laughs> yeah, I haven't tried this this Pride of Anderson yet, though. So you never know. But so, so tell us about Obliteration. Get. Where did how was that released? I mean, I know there are only thirty six bottles, but how did you guys? I mean, did you just give it out to friends, or did you just no, send just no. send twenty bottles um, to Sotheby's, or yes. what would you do? <laughs> they wanted it in post facto. They had a meeting with me. Like, what's up with this obliteration? Yeah. I was like, well, you missed that. Um, so we did, a, we actually did a lottery with Steelbox uh, for the majority of the bottles. And mm. so it was, uh, I think there was something like 1,500 people in the lottery oh, wow. to be able to purchase it. It's very hard to do these things, right? So we try to do it the most fairly by giving the maximum amount of people who who would want to crack at it and crack at it. I mean, I don't think we had any idea there'd be that many people who would want to crack at it because wow. it's just something we dreamed up, but it was very well received. There was a lot of interest. And then uh, I know it's it's gone up in price in the secondary universe, um, which, you know. I haven't I seen mean, it. 
Yeah, what is it? What, with that, but what is it? Yeah, what's it? Tra- I mean, there's not there can't be that many trades, but what's it trading for in secondary? I mean, I've definitely seen it. You know, over three. Yeah, yeah, that's not surprising. You know, towards four. So, uh, to, but I, I mean, look, we have nothing to do with that, right? Yeah, I could sit here and rant about it, or I could say, I, love, I mean, it is what it is. It's going to happen no matter what, and yeah. you know, I'm glad people care about our stuff. Yep. You know, but well, that's whatever. good. I mean, it really it also gets the brand out there, and people, you know, you get collectors that are wanting it. Do you guys do a lot of barrels through Sealbox? Uh, we've done some. Blake's great, you know, mm-hmm. so we've definitely done some stuff with him. There's some things that I think he's sold out everything he's currently had. Mm-hmm. I know we've got some things dialed in for later this year with him. Um, so, you know, what I love about that is it really makes things available to a wider audience. Uh, because as as we talked about, like distribution-wise, like 100% locked in state by state, there's mm-hmm. still only a handful. You know, we're not... We're not. We're still not that available in the grand scheme of things. What other uh, What other online retailers can they get it besides uh, Sealbox? Occasionally, a Sealbox. Uh, we've done some stuff with Reserve Bar, mm-hmm. uh, Shared Pour. Uh, we're going to be doing some stuff with uh, Bar Cart, which has now been aggregated. I don't know. You're going to get me in trouble if I forget to mention somebody. I know. No, um, no, we understand. <laughs> I put you on the spot. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, folks, if you haven't tried it. Uh, and if you're not in one of the states where it's released, pick up uh, Rare Character, uh, grab some Fortuna, and they've got some great stuff coming out. If you're lucky enough to own one of the uh, Obliteration bottles, congratulations. Call us. Congrats. <laughs> That's right. Jo- jo- Joe will take it off your hands. That's right. Yeah. Well, Peter, we appreciate you coming on. Um, you know what? We'd love to have you on again sometime, you yeah. and or Pablo. Bullet. We'll get you both yeah. on there, man. That'd be a, that'd be a hell of a time. Yeah. Yep. So we appreciate you. He's more fun than me. Uh, You should definitely get him on. (laughs) Thanks for helping us out down in Brazil. And you know what happens to our guests like you is uh, we wind up the podcast and then a couple weeks later you get offered $100 million for your company. (laughs) I was wondering that was coming up. (laughs) Yeah, we had Michael Palladini on, uh, what was it, last month or the month before. And then... Lo and behold, he sounds so. I mean, we get a share of that, right? Yeah, Michael's sure. going to send us a yeah, check. Did right? you write him a letter? Did you write a letter and say, "Hey, congrats"? Uh, let us know when we're going to get our dividend yeah. release for right. uh, my participation right. in the podcast. I, I sent him a message, and uh, I'm sure it was in the works when he was on here. Obviously, he couldn't talk about it, but right, uh, we're going to have yeah, him I back. I can't on. imagine that was a one day thing. No, no, no. probably <laughs> not. Well, Peter, thanks so much Thank for coming you. on, man. Absolutely. Let me know if you guys are out in Vegas and uh, looking forward to having some drinks one day. All right. For sure. Cheers. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Cheers. That was cool. Different. Yeah. That's different than anything we've ever done. Yeah, it is different. It's neat. I, I, and you, you kind of said off air before the approach with yeah. what people have done with scotch and, you know, yeah. with what he was talking about, wild turkey is really cool. Like yeah, with their blessing. Cool. That is sweet, though. The, the wild turkey sitch, that's a really interesting. And you can imagine, he talked about like how hard it is. When they start in the pandemic and getting all the attorneys and all the compliance oh. folks and everybody on board, like, yeah, we're going to have the Wild Turkey logo on this bottle, but it's going to be rare character and blah, blah, blah. Like, you can imagine that's tough, but that's very interesting. You know, when you think about the way they started during the pandemic when everything else, I mean, everything was shut down. I mean, I guess it's, it's odd. I mean, they had all this time in their hands. I mean, Pablo has restaurants and bars and everything was shut down and they use that time to create what is a successful brand. And now they've got Fortuna. And I mean, you see it in on the shelves in Kentucky when I'm over in Lexington and Louisville, I see it. 
that's pretty interesting. I mean, not yeah. only, I mean, they took the worst time imaginable to come up with what is and what will be a very successful brand. Yeah, and probably was pretty scary, right? For like oh. for everyone. But if you were in that world, you're like, my business is over for some period yeah. of time. Meanwhile, these guys pivot and are like, cool, let's do this, which will probably end up being the most valuable thing they do. Yeah, and you know what? If next week he sells for $105 million. We better get a cut, Peter. <laughs> just some, just like just a couple a, points. We don't need one bottle of obliteration and we'll call it even. That's it. That's it? Oh, okay. that's it. I'm, I'm cheap. Well, and, there, and then you take all of our guests, right? And we start this interview thinking, well, it's just another blender or barrel picker. And then we, we finish up our podcast and realize they have their own recipe for success. Yeah. And the, the, you know, they, and I, you know, when I first read the mission statement, you know, the customization will fit it to the client, but it, you know, you could see what they're trying to do. It's unique from all the others that we have done a podcast on. And the, the wild turkey one's interesting mm-hmm. because I, and I don't, we didn't bring it up. There's a guy named, I think it's Andy Shapiro. He's a, used to be with Heaven Hill family and he's now part of their team, but they went out to Bargetown bourbon to basically sample a bunch of barrels and, uh, uh, with a guy named David Jennings. And so they, they invite Bruce Russell out there. Who's the mm-hmm. son, right? And mm-hmm. Bruce Russell, when we picked our, um, Appalachia barrel selects two barrels, the, um, uh, Camp Nelson, uh, and the, um, you know, the, their oldest warehouse that be, um, Bruce Nelson is the son of Eddie, uh, Bruce Russell, Russell. the son of Eddie mm-hmm. Russell. And, uh, he's an interesting character and very young. And I, I couldn't, you know, it's hard to get your arms around him in terms of, um, he's got a great, you know, great palate knows how to select those particular barrels. But, you know, you can see here it's, you forge a relationship probably over there at that bar, at Barstown bourbon. And then it translates into, potentially a, a really great long-term relationship at wild turkey yeah well but i think what we're seeing though i mean if you kind of look state take a step back from the kind of the whiskey aspect of it and you just look at the business aspect which kind of fascinates me the the successful ones have formed a partnership and they have different areas of expertise we saw it in pinhook we saw it in penelope we're seeing it in rare character jackie zycan coming over yeah. you know in and, and and so each partner has something unique and something different. And, you know, Peter's background was marketing. Uh, Pablo had this great, you know, restaurant experience and he's a, a spirits expert. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the secret. So you don't just get a couple of knuckleheads together that they just <laughs> sit around drinking. They actually yeah. have expertise in no, different areas. They have areas. to know something unlike us. Damn, we're, yeah, doomed. we're doomed. We have, we got nothing. No. <laughs> well, we've got... Well, at least I do. I've 12, 14 years of drinking whiskey every night of my life, right? At least two to <laughs> your, two. Your two liver to eight hates ounces. you. Yeah, your liver and your doctor. <laughs> no, no, I just don't mix anything and I <laughs> drink it nice and neat and the best shape of my life. You look amazing. <laughs> Take our word for <laughs> it. How did we get here? What just happened? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you know what, Peter? Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. We've got, um, uh, we're, we need to have him back. Like yeah. once they start releasing some of the, especially after the wild Turkey release. Yes. And I think, you know, the rare, the, I forget his name, but I know his handle on Twitter because we follow yeah, one another yeah, for sure. and we get mass tagged all the time with the uh, rare bird. But the, um, it'll be interesting to have him back on after they do that. Let's go to Vegas. Let's go to Vegas mm-hmm. and do a live show. Sold. Done. Let's fly out in the morning. Joe's good. I know he will. I know oh, Joe's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, actually, we'll take him up on that because I also want to go out and see our buddy Aaron Chetnick. Yep. I'm sure they know one another. Yep. Uh, and I want to go back to liquor lineup. I mean, those they were great when we went in. I mean, what a that was actually an experience. You know, you go in and they're uh, they cater to you, which you like. And yeah. they were so. cracking bottles, man. I mean, we had a good time. I got a bunch of pictures, and I was like taking pics with all the staff. <laughs> Uh, thankfully I had an Uber. Yeah. I had an Uber, but yeah, well, hats off to this selection, this, we didn't talk a lot about it, but that this five year, you know, Indiana bourbon. Yeah. Cash strength. And then we get a lot of Indiana bourbon to smooth ambler, but mm-hmm. this one's, I mean, it's, it's different, very different. Right? It's very, very different. I thought I mean, it was, I thought it was unique. And when yeah, I brought it back, uh, I had a hell of a time opening it because it's wax on the top. There, there's a video from a few months back when I tried to open it. I mean, I was using like a cigarette lighter and everything tried to melt that wax. It gave me a lot of trouble. But finally, when I opened it, it was it was as good as I remember when I had it in Vegas. So it's good. Yeah. It's big and bold. and Big and bold, yep. Lots of nice oak and all the great seasoning. Folks, thanks for tuning in. Thank you. See you next time. Get your summer there, feel good feeling. Get your summer there.